0: Hello, and welcome to the audio time capsule episode 13. For those of you new to the show, I'm comedian Simon Kane, and this is the podcast where I bring on a guest, get them to leave 20 questions, and then in a year's time bring them back on to answer them. I then edit it so they're talking to their past self. Past voices will sound like this. And all present voices will sound like this. To give you an example of how the show is structured, here is a question that I recorded for myself just before this week's guest arrived. Hello Simon, are you doing Edinburgh in the year that you are in? You are currently at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival 2016 and you're not sure if you want to do the Fringe next year. So, assuming this goes out, it'll either go out on 2017 or 18. So, whichever year it goes out, are you doing the Fringe? And if so, why did you choose whichever option you chose? Well, Simon, firstly, that was a horrifically worded question. I am doing the Fringe. It is 2018, for your own reference. I am doing a show that at the moment is titled human in progress i've got my room confirmed at the suites venue i don't have a time slot yet uh, but yeah i'm i'm excited i'm going to do a full run i'm also looking at taking up a second show for the first time which is great uh, a bit nervous because that's a lot of work but yes the shorthand is i i did edinburgh last year in 2017 and i will be doing edinburgh this year 2018 thank you for asking let's get on with the show This week, I'll be talking to American comedian, online viral sensation, and avid runner, Liz Mealy. She started performing at just 16 years old, and has gone on to perform all over the UK, all over the US, and at the Edinburgh Festival. And she has released two comedy specials, which are available on iTunes and on her website. If you'd like to find links to those, they're in the show notes or on her website. Uh, I can't wait to hear this. She always has a billion plans for a billion different projects, and I, I always wonder we're quite good friends and i see on twitter and facebook how many things she succeeds in and how many things she gets done in her real life and in professional life and i'm interested to see how many things she gets done and how many things she starts and has to abandon and this covers all of those so i hope you enjoy it I hope you like what you're about to hear. If you're new here, please do remember to hit the subscribe button. If you're old here, please do consider giving us an honest, ideally positive review on iTunes. If you've got anything negative to say, email it to me directly. And either way, please do join the Facebook group. It's called The Audio Time Capsule, and it's on Facebook, obviously. But for now, let's open the audio time capsule of Liz Mealy.
2: Hi, my name is Liz Mealy. Today's date is August twenty second, 2016. I am currently in a creepy room in uh, the Grassmarket Hotel in Edinburgh. I feel, uh, I mean, I'm tired, but otherwise I feel uh, like it's a cool project and I'm interested to see how I don't accomplish anything.
1: (laughs) Hey, uh, I'm Liz Mealy. It is July 15th, 2017. Um, I guess I'm excited. I I was actually thinking about opening my time capsule a couple of days ago and realizing I've done nothing. Uh, one of them was like the stuff I was going to accomplish this year and there's, it's there. I want to do it. It's still a want. (laughs) So I guess I already know I'm going to be disappointed in myself.
2: Uh, I, uh, actually before I decided to do Edinburgh, Edinburgh, um, I wrote a uh, like a pilot of um what would be I always say my sitcom but that always kind of confuses people because it's not like it's not like a Seinfeld it's not completely based off my life but it's basically something that's loosely based off my childhood and um, I wanted to turn piece of it into a short film so I already have a poster and. A lot of the work for it, and I've cut it down to 17 pages, but my goal is probably to cut it down to, like, 10, and then to develop it. So probably do, like, a Kickstarter to make money for it. I already have a producer that's interested. And then make this short film, which is called The Claude, which is just about um, a girl that drops out of vet school and ends up being a receptionist for her parents. (laughs) So basically actually doing that because I paid money to get this poster done and I love my poster which shouldn't be the drive to do anything but my poster is really nice (laughs) and um and from there you know so it'd be something that I would both stand alone as a short film but also can be used to pitch my you know sitcom in quotations so that's like my next thing and then I also before this trip as well I had an idea for an anti-romantic comedy and my goal this trip was to write the outline and I have done none of it so um I have like a list of ideas but i need to outline them and start to figure out some of the big gaps and problems in the screenplay via the outline so those are like my two main writing goals so yeah i guess i would just want to know if you actually made your short film or if something deeper happened with your sitcom and then if you even started writing your movie which is a big undertaking that you know is <laughs> i am um... I knew
1: the answer to this question. This is the one I was stressing about. I, I've done maybe an hour's worth of work for both of those projects. Um, it is a, it's like my, I feel like I wake up every three days getting ready to work on the Claude, and I have, I needed like fresh eyes. So I sent it to a couple of friends, um, because I needed help cutting it down because there's a, there's a problem when you you write something and it's like done in your mind and then you want to cut it down and you're like, but everything is beautiful and genius and I can't lose any of it. So I realized it was kind of paralyzing me and I sent it to um, a couple of friends and they helped me give me ideas of what to cut down. So it's like physically cut down in handwriting, but I have to literally go in to, to final draft and cut it down like that's like the only thing stopping me from making this movie is just cut like finally having a final draft of the short version of it and then from there I can talk to my producer I can do a kickstarter I can make this thing and I've just um weirdly been I haven't been like paralyzed like I'm not doing it because I I don't want to but it's a little bit of like so many other things have come up that have taken over my time and Probably I should have known that one of my goals was to turn my hour that I did at the Fringe into an album, so that kind of took priority. So I did accomplish something; it just wasn't the two things I said I was going to do. So I came out with an album. Um, I've done, like I said, probably an hour's worth of work on the script, and then I did write a um, a summary and pitch my um, my film, my anti romantic comedy, to a production company. Um, and them wanting to hear the pitch got me to like write, um, the summary, but I haven't even done the outline. Um, so I've done, like I said, almost nothing.
2: <laughs> I guess, um, I always kind of divide my goals into like sections. So like for me, like my writing projects are different from my, my up, which is different from clearly personal stuff. So my, I would say my stand-up goal is probably to take the hour that I'm working on right now and pretty much done with that I've been performing here at the Fringe. And the biggest goal would be to have it be a special because I've already done an album with my last hour. Um, I don't need it to be like a Netflix special and like super huge, but just something that's visual that's going to expand my fan base. So I have some meetings when I get home in a couple of weeks. So, and a production company is interested, so I guess you know the goal is to have a special, but if that doesn't happen, clearly put it onto an album and get it out there, and then to write a new hour and It's taken me about a year and a half to write all the hours I've written so I'm, I guess my goal is to kind of shave off a little bit of time. I mean, to me, time doesn't isn't nearly as important as quality, so if it takes me another year and a half, but I'm happy with the new hour that I write, I don't care but. I guess by the time I talk to myself again, my question would be, um, how far are you in your hour? So, are you close to being done? Do you still need that extra half a year? Are you happy with the quality of the jokes that you're writing? And how has how has the last hour, however it came out, special album, um, whispering it into someone's ear? Like how how did it how was it received? And how has it? Um, taking your fan base and your notoriety to another level?
1: Good question, Liz. Okay, I feel better now after that from the first question. I made an album. Um, I did take a crap ton of meetings about trying to turn it into a special, and I worked really hard, and there was some interest. Um, HBO showed a little bit of interest for a while. Um, CISO showed a little bit of interest for a while. But, I mean, I kind of knew what the failings were, which is people know me but I'm not famous enough for anybody to give me money. Um, So, I I mean, I pushed it for a while. I pushed it to the best of my abilities with this production company who really liked me and wanted to help me out. But in the end, because of the fringe in a lot of ways, I was so over that material. And the only thing that was going to excite me about re-recording it would be if it was something bigger and better like a special. So when that seemed to kind of be dying and not coming to fruition, I decided to just rip the audio from one of my previews that I like, it was like literally right before the fringe. I loved the set. And even though I had come up with tags and all this stuff during the fringe, I was so over the material and I didn't want to say it again. And I know how robotic I get when I'm not when I'm like disenchanted with it. So I literally ripped the audio, put it on a CD, and released that as an album. And that came out in March. It was number four on the iTunes charts, um, only for like a couple of days. But you know, it was never on the chart. My first one wasn't on the charts. And um, a lot of people um, that bought my first album bought my second album, um, were excited about it. It got reviewed in a couple of um, magazines. I've never had my album reviewed before. it's selling really well when I'm at shows and still online it's getting played on serious. Like there's, it's, um, my first one popped off a, pretty well because I, I made a viral video that got it a lot of attention. Um, so I don't know if this, this one had more notoriety in the sense that people consider me a comedian, <laughs> which I, I don't know if people knew I existed when I did my first one. Um, but I don't I mean it didn't launch me to new levels. I think it helped it helped secure the fan base I already have and um, get a couple more people to know who I am in a sense and I'm proud of it and I'm happy with it and I did make a a, a valid effort to make it into a special so even that not coming together, I'm still kind of happy and proud. Um, as of what will be my third album, possible, special, whatever it turns into be. I have about 30 minutes and I'm honestly almost proud that I'm just on track of my pattern, which is I tend to, it tends to take me about a year and a half to write an hour. So I'm at around 30, 35 minutes. Um, it's exactly where I should be. Um, the material is even, it's, um, it's coming out differently in a weird way. And I've learned a lot about my writing style. So I, um, I'm i kind of just letting it happen. It's, it's weird, you, you start to get to a point where like, I think I was so controlling of how I wrote and how much I wrote and when I wrote and what I wrote about the first like 10 years of my career. And these last five, I've kind of just let myself be me and uh, fail publicly more openly like I used to when I would be on stage I would have to have 70% of the joke and then it was like about filling in the gaps and making it tighter and now I'll go on stage with like an idea and maybe a punchline but I don't even know if that's true and I just kind of bomb until it gets better (laughs) and that tends to come out I tend to be prouder of those jokes become because more of who I am off stage comes out on stage and I sound more like myself on stage and i um it just feels not to say my older stuff does isn't authentic. it comes from who I am, but it just feels more um more of a conversation. so I think my time length is about the same, but how I'm writing the jokes is um has really grown in the last couple of years, and I think that's like I said, quality is always over quantity and pace and all that stuff so i'm I mean everything in stand up I'm pretty happy with.
2: I guess my question to me is i I have so many health problems, and I'm on my fifth specialist um uh what are you what are you know what are you working on right now to fix your health problems and and have you stuck with them and have they succeeded? i mean for right now my I'm on like a super strict diet that I'm breaking as we speak, not horribly, but I'm feeling the consequences of those breaks. I think if I was strict with them i would be closer to getting better but I have a doctor's appointment in a week and a half but um it's I think it's hard I've been on a strict diet for two years and I've broken it I broke it heavy when I was in Italy a couple months ago but it's hard to be on the road for four months and not break it so a part of me is like how much of a setback did I develop for myself but also like um do I even believe this diet's going to help me in some ways I do in some ways I mean what's really interesting is um so I have hormonal acne, which isn't, how you say this? Like it isn't the problem, it is a, it's a symptom of a bigger problem. So I kind of have always used my acne as a barometer of health, and um, it's gotten better. So like it used to be like huge sistral, you know, every time I ovulated or like right before my period, and then it became just like pimples, and then, you know, sometimes like, in, and it used to be, all the time, and then it just became twice a month. I haven't broken out in three and a half weeks. I started eating um, smoked mackerel from Sainsbury's every day because it ta- it was cheap and I liked it, and it takes like it's already cooked, so it just takes like you know five minutes to reheat it. And I was doing some topical thing with medical grade manuka honey. And my um, I'm not wearing makeup right now, and I don't do that very often. But my acne scars are going away. I haven't had a pimple in almost it'll, you know, it's been three weeks, three and a half weeks. So, you know, that's something, you know what I mean? Like, because if you think of everything, whether it's a rash or, you know, stomach problems like I have or acne, like it all is um, saying that your equilibrium is off. So to cure one part of my broken equilibrium makes me feel like I'm headed towards a different path and maybe even that I'm healthy enough to fix that so the way I've learned the body works is that there are certain things that you know this needs to be fixed but if your immune system is not strong enough it doesn't matter how many vitamins and how much you know shakes and you know juices you throw on your body your body so far along that you need to fix the bigger problem before you start fixing the smaller problem so it feels like I'm getting healthier enough that I can fix a small problem then I hope my goal is to cure my candida and I have like a super candida that most people can get rid of in three months and it's been five years so I'm hoping that'll be gone in a year if it's not I might be crying in this interview <laughs> so um my question to me is Do I still have candida and am I still on the strict diet? And have I seen any improvement since, you know, today on top of the improvements that I've seen over the last, you know, two years? And if my face is still lovely, because I always told myself if I got rid of my acne, I'd be happy about life in general.
0: Because,
2: <laughs> you know, you make baby promises to yourself when you feel like shit. And I'm trying to stick with that one. So maybe do I still like my face? <laughs> nice vain question in the middle of it how do you feel about your face Liz
1: I love my face um I did cry three days ago in two different doctor's offices so uh that is accurate uh, um this journey never ends um I still have candida I still it is the bane of my existence I um I don't know. I did that that doctor's appointment that I referenced. I I did see that guy. I saw an herbalist um, every six weeks for a year and I saw some progress and I went back to being on a super strict diet and I saw some benefits, but not enough to justify spending $300 every six weeks out of pocket. And I cried in his office every six weeks and would be angry with him like he did this to me. Um, And I finally just... He was the one that was like, why don't you take a couple months off and do this and that? And I was like, I'm never coming back. Like, I'm just not, I can't, um, I can't justify the money for, you know, 5% of a change. My face went to shit again for up until no joke two weeks ago. This is again, the best my face has ever looked. Um, I did try eating mackerel just as much as I did in Scotland. Um, I think it has to do with something with the water too. I don't know. Like I, I, no joke every time I go to Scotland my face looks the best it's ever looked but I'm also like the saddest I've ever been like that's not true I did Glasgow for a couple of days and it was some of the best shows I've ever done but it's still like cold and I don't understand anybody and I it's it just I feel my prettiest but it's just not enough for me to live there <laughs> but um again I do think my face cleared up because of diet I uh I'm saw a gastrologist, gastroenterologist. I don't There's a word in there that I can't spell or say. And I saw that person. I'm 90% sure I have an autoimmune disease. I think I have some form of IBS. Uh, This doctor thinks so too. I have to get a colonoscopy, which is like, again, another thing I'm not excited about. But it'll help confirm if I do have IBS. If I do, like I read all the symptoms, I have cured or lessened them by 70% in the last five years just with diet alone. So I have, in that sense, seen a lot of improvement. And I do think if I decide to go on drugs, or if I do figure out exactly what it is, like the reason I even think my face cleared up is I started to look up, I used to eat the, the paleo diet, like a stricter version of the paleo diet. And then I looked up paleo autoimmune. And one of the biggest changes, you cut out nightshades, which is like tomatoes, potatoes, eggplant, peppers. So those are one of the things I've never cut out because mashed potatoes and fries is how I feel joy. I, I cut them out and my skin cleared up immediately. So a part of me, if anything, it only confirms that I, if at the very least I have some kind of intolerance to certain foods that wreak havoc on my body. I still have a bunch of other issues. I still, if I slip up with not even like the things that people like warn you about, like dairy and stuff like dairy doesn't seem to affect me. But I had lentils the other day and I it, was, it felt like someone was stabbing me for four hours in my stomach. Like it was just like I was like doing a radio show and I was like super quiet. And the guy was like, are you OK? And I was just like, I think I'm giving birth. Like I'm in so much pain. Um So it's like, I'm, you know, I'm on every quest to, you know, I'm now it's new doctors and new situations. I had a polyp growing in my uterus this year that I was supposed to get surgery on and I kept postponing it because she told me life changes might help it shrink and then it didn't shrink and then I couldn't get the surgery because I was touring so much and finally I decided to get the surgery. They test it one more time and it ended up shrinking and the only change I made there lifestyle wise because I was already on a strict diet was... I went to Italy, ate anything that I wanted. Apparently that's like my kryptonite. It's just like any place that has authentic cannolis. I was like, fuck my health. Um, so again I, I went on vacation. I slept in every day. I was with my boyfriend. I, you know, ate cannolis. I tried not to think about comedy. Yeah, I, I just slept a lot and try to forget about my life. And then I came back and they said my polyp shrank and it was too small to operate on. And I was like, yeah, cannolis fix everything. <laughs> That's the lesson. So yeah, I mean, I still have my candida. It still feels like an upward battle. It still makes me cry every four to six weeks. I don't know. It's In some ways, I'm hoping if I do get diagnosed with some autoimmune disease as sad as that would be at least I would have an understanding of what's going on with my body and I like I said before I fully believe if I fix that then all these other symptoms that seem to not go away might start to come into place because I'll know how to attack this main thing which will make me stronger to attack other things so that's it's I think progress I still love my face
2: <laughs> boys I guess boys is a thing I'm, I'm single I'm, I'm single I took the I actually took the summer off from boys I texted, I mean, I Instagram messaged with one boy, and I technically have a date in a week, but uh, who knows, and it is whatever. I got dumped in March. It's now almost end of August, and um, uh, almost the end of August of 2016. So a part of me is, I guess, curious to see if I'm going to stick to the whole reason I took a break from boys in the first place, which is not rushing into stuff due to being hurt. And to actually, I, it's weird. Um, I don't know if guys have this, but like as girls, like we're always so like desperate for like attention and somebody to love us that you're anybody that's excited about you. You're just like, well, maybe he's the one and you don't really do the work to see if you really like the guy. And I think for the first time, my mentality on a date isn't, does he like me? It's, do I like him? And my curiosity is now that I feel like I took this break and I didn't rush into anything, am I going to maintain, am I going to become desperate because I haven't like had sex or even like been around anybody I was excited about for a long time. But like, am I going to continue to have the standards I think that I was setting up for myself, which is not to get involved with anybody I'm not crazy about. And that isn't going to take how I feel about myself to the next level, because it seems like the last couple of guys I've dated have made me feel like I've spent all this alone time to be like, I think I like myself. And then I date somebody and I'm just like, why am I the worst? <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel that way anyway. That's So I felt my entire childhood. So I want to bring somebody into my life that's going to make me feel as good as I feel when I'm by myself, but also maybe even better. So a part of me is, I'm curious to see if this break and seeing how I feel clearly so much better by myself than what, how I feel in a relationship, if I can find somebody that maintains that good feeling, if not takes it to the next level. So that's that's my goal for myself. Don't date people that make me um sad. <laughs> Am I capable of doing that into my adulthood? We will find out. <laughs> um, the question would be, yeah, to have did I meet anybody that didn't meet my expectations, and and how did I handle it? Did I try to date them? You know, uh, break it off pretty quickly. Did I did I treat them the way I would wouldn't be treated if I, that person knew pretty quickly that they weren't. I wasn't gonna be like a girlfriend or something more
1: totally forgot about this question could not have been prouder of myself This is actually like the only thing not the only thing but like quite frankly Like if I could high-five myself from my past I would like seriously I yeah, just like did not remember that question and I'm like almost like yeah, this is such a great idea Simon Good job. (laughs) Like I am. I'm like really proud of myself. I met a dude it's funny, the guy that messaged me and I had a date with, he kind of like messaged me one more time and then I responded. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100%
2: online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both.
1: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Wow.
0: Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
2: Bombas. Big
1: comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Bonded and kind of fell off. And I didn't chase him. Like, I'm a chaser. And I was just like, no, if you're going to be flaky when, you know, all the expectations are, like, low and it's fun and it's flirty and there's, like you know, not a lot of effort. What are you going to be when it's real effort? So like he didn't really respond. And there was this kind of light, like we'll talk when I get, cause he like messaged me like a month before I was coming home. And I was like, I'm in, you know, Scotland all, you know, we'll talk when I get back. But he wasn't even doing this like light stuff. So I just never messaged him. I was like, "I, I don't like flaky people. And if you're too busy to respond to a like Stupid message. I can't imagine what you're gonna to be to date. So I didn't message him I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, it's a little disappointing, but i'm not chasing this dude and then um, I had been messing just messaging this other guy completely like work related like he Um was touring europe and russia had um, I was introduced to him by another friend He was asking for like swedish contacts and scandinavian contacts. So I sent him a bunch and he had like Knew a friend, a friend of his was um, coming to the fringe. He recommended my show. So I met one of his friends. He, uh, and I even said I was like in this like good place of platonic hood when we were messaging in July um, that I was like, oh, it seems like we are doing the same thing. I would love to share contacts and just meet you because I didn't know who he was. And so I didn't think anything of it. I just knew that I was meeting him sometime in September and he messaged me like the day I got back and he was just very like active on like social media, like commenting and being very nice. And it was just very friendly. And I didn't think too much of it. He makes fun of me now because he's now my boyfriend. Um, He makes fun of me now because he was like, he was like, you wore your favorite shirt and da, 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 da. I was like, well, that's because I had been on dates previously and I showed up looking like a bum. And then I would like the guy and I'd be like, yeah, but he saw me look like a bum. Like I was like, my hair was like like a nest on my head and like I didn't shower and I like rolled out of bed. And my friend, I forget what movie she quotes. It's like a mafia movie. And she was just like, you're supposed to always be closing like always be closing. And I was just like, and a part of me is like, that's so dumb. But then I was like, all right, it takes no effort to like comb your hair and put on some makeup. So I didn't know if I did not think (laughs) I didn't think anything was going to happen with this dude. But I was like, all right, shower and try not to look like a bum just in case. So it looked pretty good. (laughs) But I didn't I honestly had no expectations. The last thing I wanted to do is date another comic. I, I really, I cannot stress that enough that I had no real intentions of caring about somebody that does comedy <laughs> and um and I met him and we talked for 5 hours straight like just had so much fun and he was so fun to be around and so sweet and so cute and like just I don't know a part of me was like I kind of noticed throughout dating that when I'm heartbroken I am attracted to different people than when I feel good about myself. So the biggest goal with taking a break from boys over the summer was to heal enough that I could attract somebody because I liked them, and again, not attract somebody because I was sad and I wanted to be loved. And I was in a good place when I met this dude, and and I felt good about myself. I was exhausted. I was deeply, deeply, deeply exhausted, but... I had so much fun with him and he was so sweet and he texted me as soon as I got home to be like when can we hang out again and it was this kind of weird thing where like we knew I think we both knew that we liked each other but I was kind of apprehensive because comic <laughs> and life and boys and he was apprehensive for his reasons that I learned later on and we ended up um dating for a couple of months and then in November he started to get like distant and I could feel it like it was like it was like this week where it was very palpable that he was kind of pushing me away he was still making plans with me but he just seemed like it seemed like it stopped growing in a way and it was only for a week but it was like I'm very sensitive to that stuff and he was we had this kind of really nice night but then it kind of got weird and I finally said something to him I was like um you know if you don't want to be in a relationship like I want to be in a relationship I want this to be something and he had kind of mentioned once before like early in the relationship that he didn't want to be in one and it kind of made me sad and I was like I should probably end this but then he never treated me like he didn't want to be in a relationship and then that week he treated me like he didn't want to be in a relationship and I called him on it and he was very nice about it and I was very nice about it but he was like you know I I really like you. I love spending time with you. I always told him the thing that was most attractive about him is he had a washer and dryer, um, which is very rare in New York City. He's like, I want to wash your clothes. But he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want this to be more than that. Like, I don't think I want to be in a relationship. And I remember just like him going to sleep and me just laying in his bed. I ended up like texting a friend at 3 a.m. Just being like, why is this always happening to me? And, you know, we kind of had this weird morning. And I think he thought we were just going to continue to do what we were doing. But I went home and I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not going to be just this girl that people are like, cool, we can hang out, you know, like this, I I can't even like just this hip pocketed, I'm available when you want me to be available person. And I wrote him an email and I was super nice about it. I was like, I think you're incredible. I have really enjoyed getting to know you. I really like you. And I, I would like, I'm not saying you have to be my boyfriend now. I'm not saying this has to like tomorrow grow into something, but I would like to know that you're open to seeing if this could be something. And right now it feels like you're not. And if you're not, I'm going to go. And it was super nice about it. And he got back to me right away. He's like, hey, I'm at a show. Let me get back to you in a couple of days. Da, 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 da. And he got back to me and he was like, you're right. I'm not ready to be in a relationship. I just got out of something. Um, I think you're great. But I think I do need to take a step back. And I was heartbroken and I was really bummed out because I really, really liked them. But I was also like, it doesn't matter how much... I've liked a lot of dudes. It doesn't matter. If they're not willing to try, then it's just you chasing somebody. It's you fighting something. And it's always... It's never equal. And I was like, I'm not... I just kind of learned my lesson that if they don't choose to try, I can't force them to. And so it was like a really nice breakup it was just like me both of us being like hey and I told him I was like hey maybe you know if down the road you you know get your head straight and a lot of it was him being like I keep messing these things up and I want to know why but I was just like if you get your head straight and I'm single maybe we can try again but if you know if not we could be friends but I I am gonna distance myself because I knew I really liked him and I know hope is an evil thing sometimes so I think that messed with his head (laughs) because he never left me alone like he would text me every day just you know like I had back problems at the time so he's like oh you should see the guy that helps me with my back problems because we're just both a mess and then you know he would ask it was like around Thanksgiving so he's asking about Thanksgiving and like every day he found some way to like talk to me and I kept pushing him away I kept being like you don't want to be in a relationship so leave me alone and you know we slipped up once like we slept together once and I was like okay maybe I just need to get that out of my system and then again I pushed him away and then he was like a mess and like falling apart and we went for a walk but again I was like I'm not sleeping with him ever again I'm not doing this anymore and I just kept doing this and then after I think it took about like a month he finally was like okay I think I want to try and I was like eh? uh-huh. all right <laughs> like, was like uh-huh. and um and then we started up again and we started up from a place of two people knowing what the other person wanted and what the other person was scared of. You know, we didn't become like boyfriend, girlfriend right away. We just started going back on dates again and just trying. And I mean, I think it's 10 months now, which is, you know, my first, my first relationship in two years and my longest relationship in maybe four. And, you know, we've still have some hurdles and stuff, but you know, he's met my family. I met his family. he, You know, I don't think we've gone a day without talking to each other. We've both gone on European tours since where we didn't... Like, we had a rough spring where I didn't see him for a month. Then I was home for three days. And then I didn't see him for a month. Like, it was kind of intense. But I have handled this relationship better than I have handled any relationship. And he is probably the best boyfriend I've ever had. And I am probably the best girlfriend I've ever been. And it's... I'm really proud of myself. Like, genuinely. Like... I want to, I want to write a blog if I was good at my writing goals, (laughs) but it it, it is, it is really interesting. I, I mean, there's still things that I'm learning and there's difficulties and all relationships, you know, have hurdles, but I've been prouder of every, every hurdle that we've gone over together. Like he's just a solid dude and I have my issues, but I I feel pretty solid about myself. It's nice.
2: What projects, um, outside of just stand up and writing, am I trying to get off the ground? And um, you know, what what is it that I'm trying to work on, and what are my dreams for them? Which I am trying to pitch sketches to Fitbit because I'm obsessed with them, and I have a good relationship with Runners World, so. This woman from Runner's World that really likes me that I've done corporate work with wants to see if we can pitch something together to them. I don't even care about the money. I just think it would be cool to have something kind of in my resume that's um, kind of corporate and to kind of – I'm trying to do more corporate stuff because – if I do one or two corporate things a year, my rent's paid and then it kind of frees me up to do the road gigs that I want to do rather than this desperation to take anything that pays me money so I can pay my rent. So I just wrote a thing. I just wrote a bunch of um, questions and dialogue for Amazon Echo via Capital One. Uh, It was the most money I've ever made. And uh, if I got like one more of those, my rent's paid for the year. So I want to get something like that, whether it's Fitbit or any kind of company. So My goal would be both corporate stuff, whether it's speaking at corporate events, um, doing more corporate stand-up, or corporate writing work. And um, Fitbit is the one that I'm currently developing but want to develop more and see if I go down that road. And then um, I guess also uh, I've pitched a bunch of podcasts or web series. I'm just kind of pitching all these small. I was never a reality show person. We're actually kind of getting away from it in the U.S., but like, um, seeing if I can develop anything for myself on any level, um, that kind of gets my name out there. So I have, a, I have an idea for a podcast or web series called um, Mealy Meltdown, which is where I interview everyday people about their worst meltdown, and they kind of take me through their day. Everything from, like, you know, did you miss your cup of coffee? Did you just get dumped? What was the catalyst at work that kind of set it off? How did you feel right after it happened? Can you laugh about it? What were the consequences? Did you get fired? You know, are you in jail? <laughs> you know what I mean, whatever. And then um, almost kind of similar to this, now it's been a year. or Now it's been five years. What what is what, is, what is what does your life look like? Is it the best thing that's ever happened to you or the worst thing that's ever happened to you? And to kind of use it as a way to kind of um, show people that everybody is kind of off and kind of mentally ill and not to judge people with mental illness, but also to see the kind of where you can kind of lose your shit and not be on the best page and how it can help you get healthier in a lot of ways. So that's something that's kind of a passion project that I've been throwing around and seeing if anybody will pick it up. I guess I just want to do more stuff um, to make mental illness, like destigmatize mental illness in some kind of project. So... So yeah, just weird side projects, just something that's outside of my wheelhouse that I've been doing for the last couple of years, and see if anybody's interested. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So I guess my my um, I I want to know if anything has happened with Mealy Meltdown, whether it's a podcast, a web series, if. I got the gumption to do it on my own if it's something that I'm going to wait until maybe my short film's done with um but also any kind of corporate stuff did i um how far along down the process did I get with some of these corporations um, um uh, am i am I trying to do something that's a complete uh separate side project that is completely different from stand up or something that um I tie it in and kind of make myself a package to people
1: I'm amazing. Can we, can we talk about that? Like I have done things. I, um, I have, I mean, maybe not as, it's always like you, you come up with an idea and you hope to hit it at a hundred, 110%. And I've hit most of these things at least at like 40, like that is something. So I have been doing some corporate stuff. The Fitbit thing, man, I chased it down and I had a bunch of meetings about it and I still don't think it's dead. But it, through the avenue that I was pursuing it, it has not turned into anything, which is disappointing because I think I have great ideas and I genuinely want to do something with Fitbit. And um, um, I've bought like three of them for friends. And I mean, I like have talked strangers into getting them. But I did do another corporate writing job, um, actually through a guy that I knew at Runner's World that now works for a blood cancer charity. So I wrote a bunch of Donate Your Bone Marrow sketches for good money. And that was a good experience. And I would like to do more stuff like that. And it inspired me to talk to some people at, um, I knew a guy that interviewed me at Psychology Today that had a relationship with the Jed Foundation, which is a suicide prevention mental illness foundation. And I'm now doing a podcast with the Jed Foundation. So I just Uh, Interviewed my first person. Her name is uh, AJ Lee. She's uh, she was a she's a retired WWE wrestler Her mom was bipolar and then she found out she was bipolar. Her book was called crazy is my superpower It's an incredible really funny really smart, you know Inspiring book and so I interviewed her it hasn't come out yet, but she was my first person We're still like naming the podcast and I got hired by the jed foundation to basically do their podcast and then to create interesting funny thoughtful content to both the podcast but also anything that kind of has to do with mental illness so you know with suicide prevention it's it's kind of heady and hard and you know you don't want to make light of it in a insensitive way but like you can also talk about mental illness in a lighthearted way like I had ideas for like seven ways to know you're having a panic attack and misconceptions of OCD and the differences between bipolar one and bipolar two like stuff like that and so I'm in the baby steps of doing more stuff with them but this is kind of like the testers doing this podcast with them and um, making some of the videos attached to it so I'm being paid to do that and I'm excited about it. I I hope it leads to more things. We'll see what happens when it gets released. I still do want to do stuff with Mealy Meltdown, but I'm kind of seeing where things happen with the Jed Foundation first before I either do something with them about it or branch off on my own. Yeah, I mean, I've submitted to a bunch of stuff for corporate stuff. People are starting to get my name out as a corporate writer. So it's like, it's not 100% percent. I haven't like completely changed gears or, you know, financially fixed myself in that realm. But I have done some work in both of those avenues and it's progressing and I feel good about it. Man, when I say I'm going to do something, I really do it. <laughs> it. might take me a while, but I get shit done. Yeah. I'm, this is so good. I'm so proud of myself right now.
2: <laughs> so when you look back at, you know, 2016 to 2017, what are like, what is the memory or the thing that happened that kind of fills you with joy. And it's the thing that you're glad you went through.
1: Oh, man. Um, so what is it in the last year that, I mean, every year I just cry a lot. But then, like, I look back and I'm like, oh, no, I'm glad I went through that. Like, I don't know. I I mean, I, I have to say, I think you can kind of see it in my answer. Like, the difficulties and challenges of this current relationship that I'm in has been really good I mean I'm not saying it hasn't caused me anxiety and it hasn't stressed me out and it hasn't been hard but it's been handled in a way that every step of the way I've been really proud of myself and I think I've spent most of my life not liking myself almost kind of how I was talking in the previous interview like I have noticed that I do like myself more now it's certain triggers, whether it's professional, personal, or, you know, um, I don't know, just certain life events kind of offset me to either start using bad habits that I had earlier or create new bad habits, whatever it is. But I'm starting to get a handle on those triggers and not digress. I I would say how proud I've been in my personal relationship has offset my ability to be better in my friendships and work. I mean, I think... I've always said like your home situation kind of, I don't know, I'm not expressing myself very well, but like if you live with your parents and your parents drive you nuts or you have shitty roommates or you know your cat's peeing on your bed every time you come home, whatever it is, like that stuff can kind of affect your entire day because this is supposed to be where you can relax. And so if that's chaotic, it kind of offsets the rest of your life to be chaotic. So I've always tried to make my home life really smooth and easy so that it gives me like this good base. And I feel like my base is starting to expand. So my base used to literally just be my room. And then I had really good roommates to become my roommates. And then I had like a stable place to live. So it became my physical home. And then as I became financially stable, it became because I'm also financially stable. And now that I have a boyfriend that is supportive and wonderful, it's become my boyfriend. And then as I've had closer better friends to become my friend group. And as my parents have calmed the fuck down and gotten off my back a little bit, it's become my parents. And I feel like each year my my base has become more of my home and has expanded and has become more comfortable. And with that, I've become more comfortable with myself. So I feel like this year I've learned how to balance and enjoy and feel good about my base, if that makes sense.
2: So when you look back at this interview from 2016, what I would say like what what questions do you feel don't apply to you anymore and um what answers do you think uh, kind of miss the mark and aren't really who you aren't a part of who you are anymore and you probably would have taken them out.
1: No, nope, but I feel pretty good about myself. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know. I I'm I don't think I changed so much in the sense that my goals haven't changed. It's just the importance of each goal and how I've handled each goal. And I can see how that's developed and changed the priority of it. But other than that, I mean, I think I'm proud of all the questions I asked. I think I've seen progress in every area. I don't know. I feel pretty good about this last year. I didn't even realize.
2: (laughs) Okay, so if you could go back to your original recording date, and make changes and, and to do it better, what, what would you, what would you change?
1: I mean, I, I give myself this advice, I think every year, um, don't care so much. I, um, <laughs> I, I put so much pressure on myself. Like the one thing I have, um, I have a chalkboard. I have this like kids chalkboard in my room and I write like, I usually write like summer goals and then it'll be like, you know, Finish your album do this short film you keep talking about, you know blah 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 like it'll be like four or five goals and then Sure enough Fall will come around and I will have done almost none of it and all I change is the word summer to fall And then maybe I might get one of those five goals done and I cross it out And then again, I just move fall and I write winter and eventually all of them get crossed out But the goal was to do it in three months and really it's taken me like a year and a half and so kind of seeing that pattern and being a visual person, I've noticed that if the goal is just to get it done, what's the big deal that it took six months instead of three or it took a year and a half instead of two months? What's You got it done. If the goal was to do it and you did it, who cares that it took longer? So even listening back to this interview, I accomplished, like I usually do, about 40% of what I wanted to accomplish. And I can now kind of look back and be like, good for you. Wait, you did 40%. There's people that do 0%. There's people that don't even make goals. So I, I, in life, I mean, in general, I've always just been a slow developer. Like my mind works slower. I'm, it takes me a long time to get out of bed. Um, but I do, I get out of bed and I try and I fall short of my goals all the time, but it, doesn't mean I'm any less of a creative person and I don't have it doesn't mean I have any less value it just might take me longer and I think what I've learned especially in the last year but really I would say in my 30s is that's okay you're at least trying and you're making some progress and it's okay that it doesn't happen as quickly as you would have hoped but some of these things you've never even tried before so how would you even know if it did actually take three months maybe it never was supposed to take 3 months. so i'm learning how long it takes for me. i think i think that's that that chill. it's going to be okay. you're doing enough. voice
0: needs to maintain. <laughs> That was Liz. This was so much fun to put together. It was great seeing her and I just, I I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Her thoughts on how you don't know how long something will take if you've not done it before is something that I massively empathize and relate to. I I do this all the time. Deadlines are important to me. Deadlines really push me to get something done. But if I've not done the thing before, how do I know it will take a month or two months or however long I've set myself? So it was great to hear someone else struggling with the same thing. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. I was also really proud of her for changing her mindset on dating and finding someone who was good for her. It's weird because before the interview, we were talking about uh, how I was taking a break from dating and how she's taking a break from dating and, and Uh, how it was changing our mindsets and helping us find new people that we're attracted to. And I was really proud of her for this. And I really liked hearing her honest answer to herself and then talking to her about it after that. It was great. Uh, And also, also, I'm really proud of this. Her podcast, Mealy Meltdown, went live a few weeks after we recorded this episode. So if you'd like to listen to that, there's a link in the show notes. It's so exciting. I love the fact that This podcast also offers behind the scenes of projects that are coming up, but also isn't just about promoting stuff, which I find interview shows tend to be all too often. So that was great, and I'm really excited about that for her. So please do check out that. If you're new here, please do remember to subscribe. I do two episodes a month, one on the 2nd and 4th Friday of every month. If you're old here, please do consider giving us an honest, ideally positive review in iTunes. If you have anything negative to say, just email it to me directly. You don't have to put that out publicly on the internet. Why add more negative? Negativity. There's al- already a lot of negativity on the internet. And either way, please do consider joining the Facebook group. It's called the Audio Time Capsule and it's on Facebook, obviously. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Audio Time Travel. Both places are great for finding out about new guests, getting exclusive behind the scene content and more. Also, you can become a patron of the podcast from $1 where I'm going to start putting out exclusive content and behind the scenes pods and all kinds of things like that. So if you'd like to become a patron of the podcast from $1 an episode, it? worth $1? I think it was. Basically, becoming a patron means that you help the project continue going. You help support it financially. Each episode, you pledge to give a certain amount. You can put a cap on that, but remember, I only do two episodes a month, so you'll get exclusive behind-the-scenes content, extra questions. I'm going to try and work on some video stuff. I'd like to get a budget together to do some video episodes, but in order to do that, I do need money so if you'd like to keep the project going financially become a patron or do a one-off donation on my website which is SimonKane.co.uk or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash audio time capsule podcast you can find all the links to that in the show notes on the website and in the pod player of your choosing. The audio time capsule is a Fruit That Got In Gravity's Way production for the internet. All elements were created by me, comedian Simon Kane, except the music that was recorded and composed by David Jordan. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing. And thank you very much for rating and donating if you do. I'll see you all in about 14 days time. Bye.